This week's episode of Greetings from Storybrooke is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Where are you headed? To the North Woods, where the Snow Queen's hiding. And what business do you have with her? I have to fix a mistake that I made a long time ago. Oh, I'm sorry, Belle, that's out of the question. I won't let you anywhere near her. I was worried you were going to say that. Because uh, I really, really didn't want to do this. Greetings from Storybrooke. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And this is a hat which can strip the magic from the most powerful sorcerers. It can also make Anne-Marie's voice squeak. And we also talk about EBC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you doing, Anne-Marie? I'm squeaky. How are you? A little, uh, not squeaky. Not so yet. squeaky. Yeah, wait until a is couple it, more it, minutes into the episode. the new facial hair? Oh, yeah. If you're watching the, vi- the video, I shaved off my full beard and now I have a trucker mustache. I'm not sure if it's going <laughs> to stick around or not, but uh, it, <laughs> probably about the closest to a hashtag prison bill I'm going to get. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> okay, and let's see here. And we also have our guest tonight, Patty. How are you doing, Patty? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. How are you guys? Oh, great. Good. great. I'm so glad you're with us. Yay. Yeah, and if you've ever come out on a Monday nights at around 8.30 p.m. to watch us record this live on Google+, Plus, you usually see Patty in there in the chat. And hey, We've had her on before. She was on our... Uh, the panels. Yeah, we our like, uh, season finale uh, panel last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be a good time. Good time. I, I'm excited to have another great guest this week. Okay. Uh, also, by the way, before we get started on the thing, uh, we do have a couple spots left. Uh, if you want to be a guest on Greetings from Storybrooke, you just have to go to bit.ly slash beyondgreetings. And I thought Amory was pointing at me. She nope. was pointing at the camera. I'm pointing at you. You out there. You. We want you to yeah, be on Greetings from Storybrooke. Bit.ly slash beyondgreetings. Okay. Uh, Amory, you want to go ahead and start us off with our rhyming episode summary? Okay. Him. <clears throat> <clears throat> Anna and Belle climb up Rocky Mountains. A trickle of trouble turns into a fountain. Emma, the savior, has a cold-hearted stalker. Her behavior consists of hiding paintings in a locker. Rumples full of lies as he faces Dairy Queen. He's aware of her actions, but it's nothing he's foreseen. Everyone's related. Doesn't matter if they like this. Emma gets some sisters in this week's family business. Family business. Family business. Uh, now, I told you before we started recording, Anne-Marie, that I, there was something about this week's rhyme that uh, I, I was like, going to tell you later. Oh, about how to it. read the bottom part? Because it didn't come out right. Yeah, well, I, I, I did... Uh, Unlike usual, uh, I usually I have kind of like kind of like a fairy tale rhyme in my head when I'm writing it. Oh. This week I I was had like an Eminem song in my head as I was I writing. <laughs> I was trying to match kind of the cadence of of an Eminem song. So, but I didn't want to tell you because I wanted it to come out but fairy it tale rhyme regardless. Uh, no, I can't rap. Nope. Anna and Bell climb up Rocky Mountains. A trickle of trouble turns into a fountain. You know, like that that nice. sort of thing. I'm not going to do the whole thing. 
May, maybe it. maybe Aww. after we stop the recording. <laughs> okay, but uh, yeah. Are you sure? You were doing great so far. Oh, <laughs> maybe after we stop the recording. This is a good reason for people to tune in live and watch the video. That's very okay, true. I, I'll go ahead and start with you, though, Patty. Uh, what did you think of the episode overall? Just a broad, general, uh, how did you feel about it? thought it was a pretty good episode honestly it did keep me engaged even when i was watching and trying to take notes half the time i managed to stop and just continue to watch consistently yeah. <laughs> knowing i had to take notes mm-hmm. <laughs> this morning i had to look up recaps from I, some online website just to something down about what was going on in the episode <laughs> yeah just to fill in the blanks i uh, we always i well i always watch it three times amory always watches it twice so yes. so uh, but i think the first year or so we we relied on some of those recaps some sometimes. of those oh yeah it was okay. bad so what did you think about the episode overall Marie? i mean mm-hmm. i love 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 that we got a bell centric episode mm-hmm um, I wish I didn't want to smack her as much as I do. Yeah. So there's that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just I'm working yeah. past that. I, I I found myself saying "What the bell?" as well, and uh, <laughs> so we should probably go ahead what and start. What the with, bell? What the bell? Oh, that was loud. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I'm sure no one's wearing headphones when they're listening to this. No, not at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> but she was she was there. She was very uh, present within the episode. But – and I mean a, a lot of our uh, letters and stuff address this too. She she felt a little out of character. Yeah. Just a little bit. And that could be you know her just like coming in real quick to be in one featured episode and everything. That's, yeah. But the thing is we also saw like if, if, if it was intentional, if her being out of character was intentional, then I think we've really seen a, a new dynamic to Belle that we haven't been introduced to before. Which is basically, uh, well, you know how she uh, she lets on a fall to try and do something selfish to get her memories back to get the pebble, and uh, then then uh, she comes back and she's all about. Uh, and when she hears from her father about how her mother made the selfless sacrifice, then she's all about the, sel- uh, the sacrifice. selfless sacrifice and everything. Which one I thought it was really ironic that oh that information didn't come to light until after she uh, let yeah. Anna die or apparently die at least to her right uh, and everything. But I, I just uh, and then after that she calls uh, for her father to get Rumpelstiltskin right. involved so she can be the hero right. So instead of being selfless i really belly in a lot of ways is very I, selfish very s- selfish here e- even in trying to be selfish selfless, selfless. because because she's uh basically she's trying to assuage her own guilt by by making the sacrifice and having kind of like i uh guilt victim complex mentality sort of thing <laughs> or, or like she's she's right. trying to make herself the or she's trying to like serve penance or something for for yes, that for not exactly saving on which is like, is like Hercules yeah Hercules the twelve labors and besides that mm-hmm. um, her storyline actually reminded me a bit of the Red Badge of Courage if you ever heard of that book I, I've heard of it I'm, I'm not familiar with the story go ahead and elaborate okay the Red Badge of Courage a good point of it is about a bunch of like soldiers i think in the civil war where one of the soldiers in particular ran away from the battle basically mm-hmm. he went a bit awol 
until he got injured, somebody found him and dragged him back. He felt guilty about going AWOL when everybody's thinking he got injured from the battle. Uh, okay. Around the end of the story, it was the soldier who ran first into a battle situation with the flag and glory. So eventually he actually learned that while he was running away, a few other people, another soldier was going about to join him when the superior officer stopped him. Mm. So, so when I think about that episode, I I guess the reason why I'm not more angrier is because I always think of that ep- that book. Mm. And so when you think of it in that way, it makes sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I'm not nef- necessarily saying that that's shows something super negative in Belle or something. I'm just saying it it kind of expands her character yeah. a little bit. Like in, in unless it was lazy writing, in which case it was awful. <laughs> we'll <laughs> but, get to that later. But I also thought it was interesting. I'm starting to kind of think that maybe Belle and Rumpelstiltskin kind of deserve each other a little bit. A little Be- bit. Because her her uh using the dagger to get Rumpel to Again, help her self selfishly help her uh, kind of make up for her guilt over Anna, mm-hmm. and, and you know betraying the person she loves most and right. forcing him to do something against his will after but he's not. he's just spent like a half season being like kind of traumatized by Sol- Zelina, right. making him do things he doesn't want to do. Right. I and you know obviously it's the fake dagger; it doesn't yeah. count. All that kind of stuff. But but still, I'm not it, sure. No, it is. It totally um, is. Wasn't he injured? Like he, I know he got mm. slashed, and it does show like a little bit of a red mark around his neck, as, as I well, recall. In, I think in it's, it's a real dagger, but it's mm. not the dagger. Um, the dagger um, is in his um, safe. Safe. That's yeah, the word. Yeah, they show when he's the putting the box in. You can see the dagger. Yeah, and I mean, and it, it's up against like if. You know, I'm reaching my hand in. It is like right here, so that if you're looking in, you couldn't see it. But since we had the angle from within, you could see it. But wouldn't the magic have healed him if it was like the fake dagger and not shown the red mark afterwards while they were talking? He couldn't do that. He couldn't heal himself because he couldn't let on that anything was. But Hook stabbed him in the gut the last episode, and he survived that. So how is he still injured here? What Amory is saying, I think, is that it was a show. The cut was a show he was putting on for Belle, so she didn't get any wiser. But I actually don't think, you know, based on the rules they set around the dagger, he would have been able to transport her out of there if she'd been controlling him. Would, Correct. Would he have? He shouldn't have been able to, but by that point, she was pretty distraught and out of mm-hmm. herself that he probably would have been okay. But she did question all that. Yeah. She was questioning everything. She's like, you can't come in here. Mm-hmm. I commanded you out there. It's like, no, you commanded me to watch. Yeah. I watched. I'm coming to get you. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, let's <laughs> Which see leads directly into my point. <laughs> yes. Directly into that, your point. You want to take it, take it over, Anne-Marie. Yeah. That, that real dagger is definitely in his safe with the hat box because I don't really know what else to call it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, all he does is act in this episode like she's like i command you or i mm-hmm. take me to the north woods or what have you and he can't fight it otherwise she'll know yeah and then it really really bothered me that he didn't let on that he had any idea about the hat box mm-hmm. like what it was 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want it, – it's one of those things where you don't tell anybody about it because if anybody knows, then everybody could potentially know. And he wants that hat box. He himself. wants that hat box, yeah, and which we see him use later in the episode. But I don't know. It, it makes her look a little foolish. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. They're supposed to be married and they never, ever act married. Yeah, well, it's it's definitely, it's definitely kind of a – like I said before, it's either they deserve each other or it's a relationship kind of doomed just because, right. I mean, it, they all they ever do anymore is lie to each other. Right. And, and uh, uh-huh. I, I mean, obviously, uh, Belle probably feels a little worse about it than Rumpel does because <laughs> Rumpel's more used to it. Right. I, I I mean, that look on his face when she was confessing everything and being like, and but I don't think it is the fake dagger. And he's like, no, it's it's not the fake dagger. I promise. I swear. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. Um, but I, actually, I, oh, did you have something? I did. Um, I actually found it weird that she didn't remember that he at some point knew about the box mm-hmm. or had had it in his possession because – Anna basically says where says where she got it from. Uh-huh. Says you know she got it from this evil sorcerer. Hope you never cross him. Blah that, blah blah that blah. That is true. And then how, many, go ahead. how do you know, how do you know how many evil sorcerers are in Storybrooke in the first place? But, I mean, we don't even know how many magic users are in town, right? But the next thing is, when she gets back, she automatically starts talking about Rumpelstiltskin to her father. Or well, she doesn't name Rumpelstiltskin. Yes, she, she does. Says, no, I think she says there's a powerful sorcerer, sorcerer, and then he names. No, he says I refuse okay. to name him, and she said I don't care. I will call. Okay. We need to get Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. So what you're saying is that because she knew that he uh, that had Anna had stolen the box from, from him, him, that why is she that explaining what the box does? to him and she could have just uh, been like that hat box and, and that thing. Anna never mentioned Anna never said her name so it could be like she's assuming there's somebody else but there's also you know there's that time where the off there's screen Gafar. the off screen that we don't see you know she doesn't say the name at that scene mm-hmm. obviously it's a scene we should see but we don't yeah because as soon as she gets back she says Rumpelstiltskin and obviously that's how she learned about it mm-hmm. I would I mean that's how I'm taking it yeah, no, I I think that's a really good point. I like that when when Rumple said he didn't know anything about the box, that should have definitely been a red flag to Bell. Well, I don't even know if he ever said anything about not knowing about the box. She just well, started well, he, launched he said, into a description of it. She she was going. Uh, this is the box. This is what uh, or this is what the hat does. All that, and he he's like uh, uh-huh. something like if if it sounds like that, then it must be a liar. You know, he was trying to like convince her that. It, it couldn't possibly be accurate or that she had heard wrong or something like that, if mm. I remember correctly. But the, that's interesting. That's something to maybe keep an eye on. I mean, maybe Bill's playing dumb or something like that. Nah, that's, no, a, probably that's not. a whole lot of dumb. Because she, when, she, when she came clean, uh, she, she definitely had some uh, – That right. comes to my – Some real oh, I tears. guess it's my point. Exactly, Patty. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead. Well, in the end of the day, no matter what she may or may not – what she did, she does come clean. Mm-hmm. Mind you, that the whole mirror thing must have been one heck of a scared straight for Belle mm-hmm. in order from keeping a secret to being, okay, I did it, I did it. I I, I saw Anna, um, I did something wrong, and she got captured. Please don't kill me. <laughs> I, 
basically that's the gist of the conversation and she does warn them about the mirror itself so mm. at the very least she's coming clean and straight while Rumpel is still in not let's face it he's not even doing anything at, he's not even thinking about confessing at this point yeah he's just he's more concerned with leverage at this point which sorry actually, sorry I was reading. <laughs> oh no go ahead <laughs> You ended- oh, was someone? Did someone say there's something lots, in the chat? I have it, I, there's a lot of things in the chat. Okay. I'm trying to catch up because I've been so engaged. Okay, well, Patty finishes. Why don't you filter out and get us some stuff from the chat? I'm doing that. I oh, think did- I said all my points, didn't I? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to bring up, I, I thought it was really weird that, uh, you know, the whole conversation, uh, the capping conversations between the Rumpel and Snow Queen where they talked about leverage. And so, which kind of seems to be what Rumpel's going after more than anything. Which I, is really funny because that's literally what Hope just posted about oh, really? he wanted to forgive Belle as leverage mm-hmm. so that when she finds out the dagger's fake, mm-hmm. he'd be like, no, 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 you forgave me this, I forgive you this. Yeah, and we saw that kind of power play going on between, I think I even used the term leverage several times, like in the uh, the Hook episode where he blackmails Hook into helping him and they mm-hmm. go back and forth with the blackmail. I, uh, that dynamic was working very well, uh, very much there too so i i'm kind of curious to see when we're going to get a character that has leverage on rumple because you know that's somebody coming. has to yeah mary somebody. poppins <laughs> mary poppins <gasps> mary poppins i would love that that would be Jim, Jiminy, Jim, Jiminy, oh, well, Jim, not an episode Jim, if we don't Jim. sing anything. anything else from the chat uh no that's really that's the main thing okay uh great well we have a couple oh, announcements here before we uh, move on to the rest of our discussion first of all uh two weeks from tonight it's going to be on november 17th at 8 30 p.m est uh, we're gonna have our hundredth episode <gasps> oh, hundred episodes completely i feel so blows old my mind. like we just <laughs> like a month ago we had our two-year anniversary and now we're gonna have our hundredth episode this is insane i know it's how it's have nuts. we been doing this that long <laughs> Uh, and uh, thankfully, uh, the producers of Once Upon a Time and ABC and everything, they're so excited for our 100th episode that they went ahead and scheduled the double-length episode 8 for the Sunday right before our 100th episode. And I almost spit my tea <laughs> all over the computer the my to eye. that lovely statement. No, but so we're going to have an extra long episode too, obviously, obviously. Uh, which is going to be really hard work because you know we're going to have to double and triple watch the episode and everything. Oh. But we're going to be depending a lot on you guys, too. Uh, so, uh, obviously, you know, uh, send in all the feedback you normally do, and we'll deal with all of it. But we're also going to have, uh, after after the main episode, uh, we're going to have, like, a, a Q&A with the chat and everything. It's going to be a lot of good times. And we also want you guys to leave us some voicemails. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're doing the – we want you again. Uh, but to leave us some voicemails, at 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Uh, with just answer three questions, and you can even email these in or whatever if you want. How and when did you find the show? Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of the show? Mm-hmm. And what could we improve? Uh, again, that's how and when did you find the show? What's your favorite part? And what could we improve? So uh, just leave us a voicemail or send us an email or whatever, and we'll uh, put all those in at the end of our 100th episode. And uh, one more thing before we get back into the discussion. Uh, Amory, you want to discuss this and I'll get it pulled up here? I'm just – oh, you want yes. me to discuss this? Yeah, just briefly. This week, Mr. Bill Meeks decided to start a Greetings from Storybrooke Tumblr. We finally have a Tumblr. We finally have a Tumblr. OMG, we have a Tumblr. OMG, I still haven't logged into it. Yeah, I'm, I really I'm do- scared. 
<laughs> I'm scared of the tumbles. Yeah, but right right now it's basically uh, it's duplicating our our Twitter feed, and we're posting episodes there and the occasional video, right, and stuff like that. But we'd love to uh, we'd know love some your interaction, th- your thoughts about uh, what what we could do. We'd love some interaction. If you want to check out our Tumblr, uh, it's gfstorybrookpodcast.tumblr.com, or you can find the link at the show notes for this episode at greetingsfromstorybrook.com. Okay, uh, let's see here. We'll go ahead and get back into the main episode discussion. Okay, now, uh, a couple weeks ago, Michael Lucero uh, kind of gave us some insight into the uh, Farthic, Farthark, Farthark? Uh, runes uh, that were on the uh, the uh, urn that Elsa was trapped in. So we knew those were going to be important this year. And uh, they again, they showed up in this episode on the scroll that Elsa reads at the end with the prophecy. Uh, now, I, I do have some thoughts on the prophecy. But <laughs> we before, have a lot of thoughts on the prophecy. Before we get there, I, and uh, you'll find the link in the show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com for this, too. I found a full translation from a user on Reddit uh, awesome. of the entire prophecy. So I'll go ahead and – actually, Emery, why don't you read oh, that? okay. And uh, then we'll discuss it. Okay. I have traveled the world near and far. My search knows no bounds. My obsession will not leave me. My search continue to the ends of the earth. One thing I know for sure. The name of the Savior is Emma. The Savior shall be my sister. The family must be complete. I'm sorry. I was channeling some Harry Potter there. (laughs) You were a little bit. It's okay. (laughs) No, but I... And, you know, that's not exactly what Elsa said. She she kind of gave, gave the gist of the prophecy. But both in, in her version that she spoke <laughs> in the episode and in this translated version, it just feels way too on the nose to be a prophecy. It, it, yeah. Like I, w- I was saying to Anne-Marie earlier, it feels almost like the Wikipedia summary for for this section or this season of Once Upon a Time, like here's the here's the basic summary of everything that's going on this season. But uh, uh, Patty, uh, what did you think of this prophecy? Did it kind of strike you as weird? It strikes me as the Snow Queen is becoming creepy. Mm-hmm. That's why I am going to change her thinking about changing her thinking of her name of Snow Queen to Lady McCreepy Pants. <laughs> Lady McCreepy Pants. I definitely because like that. Uh, definitely. Because honestly, following a lady since birth is kind of creepy. Yeah, oh, yeah completely and, creepy. And keeping the detailed files and everything, too. Like, I, I know we made some hoarder jokes about Emma last week. But we really did, but... Oh. If, if we hadn't, uh, they would have been going uh, coming the Snow Queen's way this no, episode. I think the she Dairy may Queen. have it even better since she has a newspaper clipping from the day she <laughs> landed in our world. Yes. How did so. she know she was going Plus, to land? And like the file folder of paintings. Hmm? How did she escape from the enchanted forest in the first place? That, Thank you. Very good question. As very even Rumpel says, um, I would like to know. I <laughs> spent a lot of time doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, Amory, you had some uh, additional thoughts on the prophecy? Here? Who the heck wrote the prophecy? And how did the Snow Queen get it, seeing as how it's coming from her perspective? Oh, wait, she probably wrote it on a thing herself. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, like, yeah, it, it, I don't think it's a prophecy. I think it's just like her, her blog. Or <laughs> <laughs> it was her know. getting... Although, um, to be fair, Bill's mom probably did wrote the book. <laughs> See, I was thinking that, too. Mm. I, um, yeah. Like, where does this prophecy... She had to have written it herself when she was, like, sent away or whatever. She's like, oh, yeah. I will find my sisters. I want 
I hate sister. my sisters for putting me in that urn. When I get out, I'm going to find a new sister and call her I'll call Emma. Her Emma, and she'll be the savior. She'll be cool. Yeah. I'm wondering <laughs> if she, if, if the Snow Queen wrote it, does that mean she can see the into the future? Oh, what was that? Oh, oh, do you the, like if she has like foresight like Rumple does? Yeah, because she is pretty, very, as you said, very specific in a trying oh. to organize and to summarize what's going to happen. So, if she wrote it, can she tell the future? Yeah, actually, you know, they, you know, what it could be, maybe, maybe, uh, oh, maybe Rumple gave her a little bit of the foresight in exchange oh. for as part of a deal or something. It, but I could also definitely see her having that ability too. But I, I don't know. This seems a little more exact than Rumple's power usually. A little is. bit. A little bit. Um, um, I would just like to say hi, Priscilla. Welcome to the chat. Um, Priscilla. Priscilla. She. This is her first one. Oh. So this is Hello. why we're welcoming people. Um, second, Holly McMiller says, "What about the prophecy that Rumple heard from the seer that the boy will be his undoing? That hasn't really happened with him losing his Dark One powers, which is what you would consider." His well, undoing he being. he did get well, undid, but then he got redid by the Wicked Witch, right? When he got revived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah I he, think it already happened. I just wanted to address. I just wanted to address. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. I uh, let's see here. Uh, Patty, you wanted to, uh, you had a little breakdown on the sisters, right? Oh, yeah. I actually decided to do a bit of research during my lunch break at work to find out what the names actually mean. Because when Grandmabby revealed uh, to to Anna that she had another sister, she actually said the names. Mm -hmm. So Helga means holy or blessed. And for some odd reason, every time I think of it, I think of Hey Arnold. (laughs) <laughs> Ingrid means beautiful. And Gerda, which we find out at the end of the episode, means enclosure or stronghold. And some and some people mention protection, so. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I did see somewhere they I those might be actual names from the uh Snow Queen? from the Snow Queen too. Uh let me check on that real quick. Dear chat room, answer the question. <laughs> um <laughs> but, but at the same time, when I also thought of it really closely, that the family had taken an extensive way of basically wiping them out the map. They even mm-hmm. changed their own memories and everything to make sure that nobody remembered these two sisters. Yeah. It makes it, it makes me question whether or not maybe Ingrid froze them, like, like froze Helga. Oh. In a fit of rage, because the way they feel their power, Elsa's powers, could be drawn from that experience if, like, subconsciously she remembers it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they, like that was my impression. Definitely was that the uh, the Emma sister was probably killed by oh yeah by by the powers or whatnot. Yeah, and I'm seeing here uh, it, those names are all from the original story. Although uh, it, it's interesting because. Even even though uh, they're they're calling her Gerda in, in once, um, I, I guess in Frozen the official name for the mother was Iden, uh, I D U N, and then uh, Gerda was actually the name of one of the servant ladies as an homage to the original story. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know because they're doing this mashup right between the original story and Frozen. So I, I guess you know maybe they're. Uh, they're they're fudging a few of the details to make it all well, fit. Well, you have to, which, which is is totally fair. Totally yes. fair. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, I want to shift things. Thing. Hmm? 
um, Holly, I would totally agree that it is a good idea of Belle's mom to be the third sister. Yes, absolutely. I like it. Um, what was I going to point out? Uh, I was going to shift one of my points to, the, to where we were because we kind of touched on it. Oh, what was it? Um, okay. Well, it's sort of a sub point of my main point. Why mm. is there a book of Arendelle's lineage in the library and why is that not the first thing they looked at? Also, Grandpappy said that they erased all records of the other two sisters from even the record book. So how did mm. this one survive? Who well, wrote it? What the is going on? Uh, well, maybe, Snow maybe, Queen changed it back, obviously, <laughs> after Elsa disappeared. Well, Think you know, about I it. Could, they were I all gone. For, so there's a good point in time where it could have been left in the open and she could have easily changed it back mm. to any way she saw fit. Yeah, that fits her M.O. because, you know, the person who would find it in that sheriff's state or in that library would probably be Emma. And she she seems very intent on getting Emma information as she needs it. See, but... Plus, it's uh, it's the Mist... Or Mist Haven? Mist Haven. Um, Yeah, it's the Mist Haven record books because it came over in in the curse. But they they weren't... Arendelle was not Mist Haven. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that Mist Haven must have had world. records okay. of Arendelle's, uh, you know, royal family and stuff, and the rock trolls weren't able to get, get the authorization and to erase Mist Haven's. I also and think England oh, and every single country who has a monarchy does the same thing. They all look back into their records and try to record the family line. Mm. Hell, heck, you could actually look at England's royalties and see the same thing so it's not really based on real life it's not something that that they just made up right Mm -hmm. um i was gonna say i think actually that bell's mom might have written that book like she was probably the keeper of the records Mm -hmm. because she was throwing all of those books in. i'm just combining a bunch of things now (laughs) um all of those books and these are too important these are too important for them to get they can't get these blah 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 the Mm -hmm. books are saved um because Belle, when she's doing all of her research in her room, pulls out that Arendelle map. Yeah. Which is the same map she has in Storybrooke. So I think mm-hmm. it's actually the same book that she was looking at in her room. Okay. Which makes me all the more going, why was this not the first book you looked at? <laughs> so do you see, like, that's, that's what really bothered me about it. I'm like, you've seen this book before. It's been in your possession. Mm. Why did you not go? Like, you had the most knowledge of pretty much anybody. Yeah. Um, well, maybe she didn't know that they were really, like, she knew that it was her aunt, but at the same time, in order to gain access to that information, she had to know about Arendelle. But she knew she so was in Arendelle. that secret, trying to keep that secret, and yeah. all the more likely, they didn't probably ask her up to this point, so she was just doing whatever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I, let's uh, go ahead and let's discuss uh, the mirror and the curse and all that stuff that comes in in the last like two minutes and in the, in the big explanation and everything. Cause it, it's the spell of the shattered. Uh, actually, I wrote sight here. I'm, I know that's not the right word. No, for I think it was. It. Was it? I think it was. Okay, but anyway, it's a uh, big cursey, cursey curse. <laughs> and uh, cursey, cursey curse. It, it's promised that it will turn the town uh, against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, what I was thinking about the second I heard that is earlier this season we were talking about how unstable people like Granny and Grumpy felt, and how they were, you know, so quick to jump down each other's throats. And I mean, no one's really happy here. Snow's not happy with her new baby and her new family and her new life. She has. Like, postpartum depression though 
True, true. But <laughs> she it, has a clinical problem. There could be a curse on too. There could be a curse on too. What I'm saying is, is there some like sort of low level effect or something from this curse already active within Storybrooke, or is it just going to latch on to those kind of uh, negative aspects we've seen in the characters already this season and amplify them? I think it's going to amplify them. Mm-hmm. I, I think. Oh God. Something kind of about the mirror. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I think Patty might Sorry. be having My difficulties. Lagging. <laughs> oh. oh, it's okay. I think we might still be lagging. I just said one. Say one back. One. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> All right. So I, I did hear something about maybe that when it's broken, that's how it happens, where it does turn somebody dark. Like Yeah, once that it's was broken. like in the original story. So maybe that's how what happens. Somebody breaks the mirror, like Cook suggested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people should stop listening to Hook after a certain bit, especially after a certain while. I yeah. mean, taking a, last season's taking a pirate to a magic fight. Oh yeah, that's a smart idea. Leave all the magical people behind. <laughs> face the dark one. Nice. Okay, uh, they. Let's see, uh, Amory. Did you still have want to talk about the rock trolls a bit? Yes, I do actually, because okay. that's completely different than anything else I've talked about. Okay, so a- why was Anna going to visit Grandpappy and mm. the rock trolls such a big ordeal? Why does she never want to take Kristoff with her? There's that like, too. Like he, he he's keeps, a, he's a tracker. He's a track. Like this is what he does. That's what he does. They're for his a living, family. Like. <laughs> they are. And his why family. didn't he take Sven? Seriously, ride Sven. But like, I don't understand why it seems to be such a big deal Mm. to go there that she has to stop for supplies and all that. Other than you know, uh, um, I want to say shovel, but that's wrong. Pick, pick, Pick pickaxe thing and some rope. Sure, that stuff makes sense. Mm -hmm. But they should have it on hand and not have to go to woohoo big summer blowout guy. And I definitely understand that. You know, that was part of her whole character arc in the movie of her like getting out and out from the castle and. discovering the world and everything but every episode does she have to just like run off by herself (laughs) well and the thing is especially when there's qualified people there yeah they really work very overly qualified people you know family um but i mean they're basically her in-laws so it shouldn't have been like a big thing and it Mm -hmm. wasn't when she was there it felt very homey and friendly and all that he's like oh what's the new wedding date yeah um but the trip in the movie wasn't even that long of a journey it was only Mm -hmm. long because there was a giant blizzard which wasn't happening right now and she had never left before yeah she's been there repeatedly i mean even yeah even in once in the first episode they go there and there's no climbing rocks and all sorts of stuff they're just like oh they're there right like in the movie when she gets hit in the head if you don't know frozen sorry um (laughs) when anna gets hit in the head by elsa and they take her to save her um it's the family of four traips it into the trolls home like Mm -hmm. You're not going to carry a three-year-old up that mountain. You're going to go, somebody roll Grandpappy down here. We need him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it bothers me. Something else. To, oh, sorry, Patty. Go ahead. Well, there's other two explanations. Mm-hmm. One is that when Grandpappy took away their memories, they also took away the memories of him knowing them, which is a good possibility. Mm-hmm. And the second one is that maybe the relationship is not in the best of terms when afterwards or something must have happened that soured. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. 
I and uh, I I I also kind of had a problem with uh with, with them erasing the entire kingdom's memory. Like yes! Well, at least we know what happened to Storybrooke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's way too much uh, memory wiping in this too, for sure. I'm about to start a petition. But, Stop wiping memories. Stop somebody wiping memories. Get, somebody's going to get brain cancer or something. Yeah, but it definitely it definitely feels like I I mean that's all. I mean they're they're adorable little rock trolls and everything, but that almost to me crosses the line into like a an evil act to. They Comple- were- completely wipe out uh, an entire kingdom's memories in or- order to protect the aristocracy. But that's what their job. I mean, they're mm. that's what they do. They do if they're your king and your queen. Go, you need to do this because you're yeah. the only one who can do it. Mm-hmm. They do it. I, I'm just saying. Were- I think a little less of them now. Just Aww. a little. Uh, but grandpappy. Sorry, sorry. He's a he's well, persona non grata around here. I'm. <laughs> Well, if it helps, I, uh, something similar, like, I think every single government has done something like this at one point. Oh, yeah. Where they've sure. done things that they're not exactly happy with. Mm-hmm. I, For example, I've recently heard, like, Abraham Lincoln allowed this guy who obviously was committing some kind of money laundering. He allowed him to continue keeping his job, knowing, probably yeah. unknowing that. Even though every evidence suggests that he did. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I mean, there, there, there's all sorts of stuff. Like even from like American history, from back in like the 50s of like you know false flag operations and things like that. I mean, it's it's definitely not un, unheard of for right. a government to do. It just I, I think a little bit less of the rock trolls now. Okay, uh, Patty, you want to talk a little bit about the uh, evil ice cream truck? Yes. How? How? I- the heck did none of the adults know about the ice cream truck? <laughs> I mean, every single kid, Henry knew about it, so obviously it's a, the way he acted was common knowledge. Oh, yeah, she has an ice cream truck. We could just find that. It's like, you, know, you know Prince Charming I, likes some vanilla ice cream? <laughs> you know that. And at the same time, my other question, since you guys know I am studying accounting, is going straight into business. She runs a shop. What is ice cream truck considered as? Does she have an employee to go around to serve the ice creams? Is it like a separate business, or is it a, a an, like a different service that she offers? Right. And if she's the one driving it, it's like she runs the shop in the weekdays. In the weekends, she goes around the neighborhoods with the ice cream truck. Yeah, it seems hugely inefficient. Hugely inefficient. Yeah. It- yeah. And if there's an employee, who is it? Is it Anne Marie or Bill? Are you driving the evil ice cream I am truck? driving the ice cream truck on the weekends. I moonlight as an it, ice cream taster. And I have and been moonlighting as the evening guy at the ice cream shop. There we go. For sure. No, I, I, I'm glad you got uh, a chance to bring in some business stuff because originally we scheduled you for this episode because since it was called Family Business and we knew that Henry was going to be working in Gold Shop this year, that uh, yeah. we, we assumed that this was going to be the Henry and Gold Shop episode. But, but no. I uh, know Henry just told them about the ice cream truck, and that's about it. Yeah, and yeah. at the very least, let me add at least a few points on that. Mm-hmm. Share with the group. The show, it, the show, honest to God, is doing a great job with Gold's Pawn Shop. Almost, <laughs> they are really on par with how accounting, the pawn industry is really run. The pawn industry, believe it or not, and Gold's, Mr. Gold's Pawn Shop, at this time in Storybrooke, 
is the only financial institution in the entire town. There is no banks. Yes. Not that's a true. single bank. <laughs> that tells me that tells everybody a lot of things. One, the if there is a bank, it must have like the highest minimum amount to take out a loan. That means nobody's taking out a loan. Mm-hmm. Since the people who go to the pawn shops are people who are desperate for money. Mm-hmm. They don't have any money. They only go there when they need it, when nobody else lends it to them. So in order for him to, like, if near, almost the majority of people owe him money, mm-hmm. which, like, for example, for most French, you know how they took out his truck? But more than more likely, mm-hmm. he had a short-term loan. I could tell you that right away. It wasn't a collateral loan. Upon a typical pawn um exchange service where they could lend you money for an object but they're not necessarily going to get you back for interest or recollect it mm-hmm. so but they do offer short term loans which is something he might have had if they if he's taking away the truck hmm. and at the same time the whole entire owning of the town goes from um, 400,000 to 1.4 million dollars oh wow <laughs> hey hey how did you come to that number I looked up towns who've gone on sale. Nice, nice. Do you think that? uh, Do you think that because uh, they came from a land that was closer to like the barter system and everything, that that might be part of the reason why a pawn shop is so tied into the economy of Storybrooke? I think it. I do. I did like work down some inner questions just in case and that one mm. didn't come up i think the only reason there's probably a good reason why there's no other financial institutions in storybook and that reason is because regina said so <laughs> that is the best reason Perfect. for everything yeah. uh, speaking of oh. regina oh, here, here uh we, we just because i uh, were kind of running short on time here i'll go ahead and oh, wow. uh, push through here um uh, regina uh, this week uh she Firmly, flat out, kind of pushes Robin Hood away, mm-hmm. and I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the. It, it was definitely uh, the most interesting move I've seen from Regina since uh, the decision to start Operation Mongoose, which we have not heard. Which has kind of been a dead end. Which was brought up in the chat. But no, I re- I really liked it because it was really it's really smart of her too. Because now it's on him if if he can't find it in himself to love uh, Marion again after he tries, then he can move on and be with Regina with a clear conscience because he tried, he did his best to try and find and rekindle that love inst- instead of trying to find a workaround right. through Regina. And uh, if, if it does happen, then I, I, well, I guess that's not so great. No, not so great. But, you know, th- th- this way, I think it, this is the clearest path to everyone coming out of this immoral victor. <laughs> right. <laughs> how, how is he going to fix the relationship when she's still in ice Frozen. form? Mm-hmm. Yes, in creepy ice form. Yeah. I don't know. She has besides, no heart either. As for Regina, I agree. I completely agree with you. And as a woman, anything is better than being the other one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And like Beyonce says, if you like it, 
Robin, put a ring on it and stop complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one other thing I wanted to mention about this before we move away from it is just I saw I've seen a lot of people saying, well, why don't they just have Roland kiss her? Because they've shown that's worked in this first season finale Mm -hmm. in Frozen. Yeah. Uh, But the thing is, is that Roland really doesn't know Marion. If you remember that one scene they had together, it it, it, because Marion like left right after Roland was born, right? Yeah. And uh, that one scene they've had together, Roland actually said that he likes Regina more, or like Regina implied that he liked Regina. Exactly. I think that I think that was her. I think that's the typical kid excuse. I've mm-hmm. said that myself as a <laughs> child. I don't consider that anything. Yeah. More than that's what kids do. They would. I think a lot of the. I think I heard sometimes that sometimes divorced kids will pin one parent against the other. So I think that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. But that has nothing to do oh. with love. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, there was definitely that dynamic there. But, I mean, Roland it probably doesn't have any memory of Marion before she showed up in Storybrooke. Right. So, and that so what I'm saying, that, that love just hasn't had the opportunity to grow and blossom, mm-hmm. you know, within his and, heart. And uh, it's but, kind of hard to see what would happen when Robin is not even admitting it to the public about what he's feeling so as far as they everybody mm. else is concerned true love didn't work so of course nobody else is going to try until he puts his big boy pants on and tries something um now nah, we pretty much covered it okay uh let's see here since we're running so late on time why don't we just we're going to take a minute here and just shout out random points uh from our notes uh, we did have a couple more points here but it's just we're running so short on time here uh, Bill's dad killed Anna. Not really, but kind of indirectly, and she didn't actually die. Um, Anna doesn't trust her. Stalker Dairy Queen. <laughs> um, I really like the formal Elsa dress uh, that she had on this episode, the black thing. Oh, her day-to-day Elsa dress. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Sorry if that that wasn't formal. No, that wasn't. That would be mm-hmm. the ball gown that she's been wearing for <laughs> forever. Um, Evil M- Mirror turns Belle on Rumpel. He magics her away. I, I like the ogre attack. It was it was a very it felt very Jurassic Park. In fact, I think they might have stolen a couple of shots right from Jurassic Park. I wish Park. Belle's mom was more in the episode. Oh, very she much so. Awesome. Absolutely, she looked awesome. Uh, she sounded uh, awesome. So, mm-hmm. Where's... let's see. Uh, oh, yes. Why would Anna bring oh. the hat with her to go visit Grandpappy? Why was Belle walking around with her memories in her hand while mountain climbing? Yes. And, and why, did, why did she not try to save Anna? Because um, she was greedy. We well, covered she that. was trying to knock the rock off the shelf. Really? Okay. Captain Guyliner. All right. Okay. Let's see here. Arbitrary scale. Oh, yeah. That. Arbitrary scale. Emery. Actually, you know what? We'll start with Patty. Okay. Patty, out, out of... Uh, 14 pieces of broken memory rock. How many pieces of broken memory rock would you give this episode? 12 pieces of broken memory rock. It was a pretty good all around. Mind you, it did make the, all the characters grow. And in the end, and the story was great too. So in the end, those are the two elements that at least most matter to me. Because as long as it makes some plausible sense where I could explain it into my mind... Then I think it's probably a good episode. Excellent. Okay, Emery, fourteen uh, broken pieces of memory rock. What? What you give it? Eleven. Why? 
Um, it's a really low scale, so it's really hard for me to balance it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, I liked it. Stuff happened. I liked mm-hmm. that stuff actually happened. I felt a little bit more interested. It was about Belle, which we've all been going. Why is there no Belle? Why is she appearing in a four hundred plus dollar shirt for thirty seconds and not speaking? <laughs> um, throw the money. Throw the money. Um, but I don't know. It just left me. Uh, yeah. wanting something mm-hmm. something what though i cannot obviously express because yeah. i'm special <laughs> so your turn <laughs> okay i uh, i guess i'd have to give it and i i really hate to do this oh like seven seven <gasps> broken memory rocks out of 14 that's more haterade than you had last week when we were screaming haterade i know oh. i know and i i mean there were things i really liked about this episode you heard about most of them i tried to i tried to stick to the the positives but i i don't know for some reason it just feels everything feels like a step too far and like I, I don't know. The, one of the bad things about this episode, the dialogue, it was just half of the conversations, half of every conversation was characters telling other characters things that the audience already knows. Right. And we didn't need to see them telling the other characters that. Like, just get on with the story. and Just get on with the story. Why don't you? Like Please. I said, you know, <laughs> it feels like there's a really good adaptation of the original Snow Queen story in here. It feels like there's a really... A, a really good frozen kind of sequel in here. It feels like there's a really good once upon a time season four in here, but it's they just, need to like yeah, pull they, apart a little, let's more. separate them a little bit, but obviously, you know, uh, plans have been made. Things have been done already. It's kind he of, has been dumped a little me. bit late about that. Oops. Late for at that. The very okay. least, that's one positive thing you could say, at least there, their flashbacks is consistent with what's going on in the present. Mm hmm. Before, like, at least there was one or two where I, I could remember myself complaining, why are they putting that? That makes no sense. You're worsening the story, dude. Quit mm-hmm. doing that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, overall, yeah, yeah, I just, uh, I, I'd like for it to be a little better. Just <laughs> I just want them to be better. A- anybody uh, weighing in the chat room no. as far as the scale? No, okay. they're, they're talking oh. Roland. Well, here, uh, oh. Patty, we're going to go ahead and let you go so we can rush through uh, the audible mentions and, and the, uh, the other stuff here. Feel uh, free to hang out in the old chat room. Okay. Oh. Let's see. No, that was just uh, the mute yeah. there. Uh, okay. Uh, we'd like to take a moment real quick to thank Audible for sponsoring this week's episode of Greetings from Storybrooke. Thank you, Audible. Audible is offering a free thir- audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Basically, you go up, you sign up for a subscription, they give you a credit a month, you get a free audiobook, and Marie dances around in the background, and you can listen to the book while she's dancing around in the background. I don't background. really know what's wrong you with can, me tonight. You can watch her dance in the background while you're listening to your book, and and while you're knitting or something like that. <laughs> and uh, while you knit. Now, we always like to give you a couple of recommendations uh, for your th- th- free 30-day trial. Uh, Emery, uh, you had the first recommendation this All week, right. I think, right? So I decided to recommend Brownies and Broomsticks, a magical bakery mystery, book one, written by <laughs> Bailey Cates. This just sounds completely entertaining to me because there's baking and there's magic. So, I mean, where can we possibly go wrong? Mm-hmm. But oh. it's like it's, oh, it's a mystery. What, what are you doing? I just I clicked the, the wrong thing. Wrong buttons. Wrong buttons. Ah. But it's a mystery. So 
I thought it'd be fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. You gotta love a good mystery. Gotta love a good mystery. And as for me, I chose It's Superman by Tom DeHaven. I, I, I'm a huge Superman fan, and this is one of my favorite uh, prose books uh, with him in it, for sure. It's basically a period piece set in the 1930s, and it's about how the character who shows up on the first page of Action Comics number one gets there. And it's really good. A very kind of mature... Uh, it, it, if John Steinbeck wrote a Superman origin story, this would be the one. It, it's uh, The Grapes of Wrath, uh, in cr- the, the Last Son of Krypton. Uh, but uh, lots of good opportunities there uh, for, for audiobooks. Uh, you can get one of these or one that you want to read. Any book you want. Exactly. As long as it's on Audible. <laughs> and all you have to do to do it is go uh, to audibletrial.com slash storybrook. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash storybrook for your free audiobook. And we want to thank you again for sponsoring uh, this week's episode of Greetings from Storybrook Audible. Thank you, Audible. You had to check and see what show you were on for a second. Maybe. You, you may have almost said Gotham. And now, on to the news. News. Okay, first up, the ratings. Uh, now, uh, Once Upon a Time this week drew uh, 7.3 million total viewers and a 2.5 demo, up 6% and a tenth of a percent, up respectively. Up 6%. Which is good. That's kind of amazing because they tend to trend down. Especially when... You, last week le- was haterade. Well, I, I know a lot of our listeners really liked last week's, week's episode, but last yeah. week's online response that i saw anyway was pretty on the negative side and usually you see a dip in the ratings so i i thought that was pretty interesting anyway well i think it may i will give it it probably had to do with the fact that we knew it was a bell centric episode and we haven't gotten much from her she has a fan base oh yeah the rum bells are loud and proud (laughs) definitely definitely okay well let's go ahead and take a look at the promo for uh the snow queen now uh this link and all the links will be available at the show notes at greetingsfromstorybrook.com uh, we don't actually play the trailer on the podcast because we don't want to get pulled down from YouTube. But what we do is we watch it and we tell you what happens in it. So we'll go ahead and start now. Okay, the mirror. I end. They're going to fight the Snow Queen. But there's leaves on this road. There's oh, leaves on the road. And they captured the Snow Queen. She's in the interrogation They are room. not scared of you, Emma. They are not scared of you. Until they are because you blow a hole in the wall like a, the Kool-Aid man. A little bit. And then you try and kill your dad, it looks like. A little bit. Apparently. an electricity, falling light, light post. Maybe they'll take Hook's other hand with that thing. Aww. But it, How will he put on the guy liner? I have no idea. I have it, but it was back this week. I know. Which Captain Guy <laughs> Okay. And uh, you wanted to point out this. Uh, well, I think Hope pointed it out to you, and then yes. you wanted to point out Hope this blog totally real quick. Hope totally pointed out this Tumblr to mm-hmm. me. Um, well, about- I think it's just a blog, like a mm-hmm. blogger blog. Maybe? Oh, is it a blogger blog? I, I think. thought it was a Tumblr. Okay. Well, whatever. Um, but it is once upon a time or O-U-A-T fashionfinds.com. So I guess it is a real site. Um, and it finds, oh yeah, I was on mobile. Sorry. <laughs> um, it pulls different pieces that they're wearing on the show, finds them in real life mm-hmm. and, um, tells you how much they cost. <laughs> I hope you have deep pockets if you want to look like Belle for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mary Margaret, uh, Emma, not so bad. A lot of, you know, free people, anthropology. Um, those are, you know, expensive mm-hmm. but affordable. Unless you want to wear her shoes from date night, those were like $700 or something like that. Um, yeah, there's but also a lot of unavailable clothing. 
it's a it's a really good resource though, and it looks like they've been taking doing it for a while. Yeah, they have. So. I came across it a couple times over the years, and may have pointed it out on a past mm-hmm. episode, but I feel a little more obsessy about it right mm-hmm. now. So. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, $436 for the shirt that Belle wore last week. She sat there for 30 seconds holding a baby. (laughs) Well, it always can go back into the archive for the actress to steal when the show's over. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, it's Valentino. (laughs) Okay, and uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about real quick was this Entertainment Weekly article here. Um, from uh, where they interview Adam and Eddie about about the season. Now, uh, Amory, you had something you wanted to point I out. I did here? have some things. Hold on, scrolling, scrolling. Okay, where were the things? Um, will we ever see the repercussions of Snow and Charming? Stop it, pop up ad. Um, how Horowitz again? It's yes. So, um, hope I know you're very excited about that because there will be repercussions for the sharing heart. Um, will we find out if Baby Neil has special powers too? Yes. Yes. I want to see the baby do things. Um, oh, I had something oh. here about Rumple. Uh, Will you find your next thing? I, uh, they asked, is Rumple's behavior this season in any way related to his resurrection from the Vault of the Dark One? And Kitsis says, absolutely, it is related to that. It's related to the fact that all of last season, he was a slave to the dagger under the control of the Wicked Witch, thus reminding him of how precious his life is. And it's related to this hat and what it can do for him. He is a man who always has uh, chosen power over love, but this hat is a tantalizing thing for him that he thought he uh, that he thought he never thought he would be able to achieve. When he finds the hat in the premiere, you you realize why he had to wake up in the middle of the night and do it, even though he just made a big declaration to be on the straight and narrow. For us, it was what is this object? Why is it so important that it would make him break that code literally the same night? It, it, and I really just like that they pointed out that yeah, it was a very big contradiction there. Yeah, that uh, you know that he made that graveside thing and then he goes and Does you know opposite. throws it all away. Yeah, but, I never believed that. Anyway, is there going to be a major character death this season? I hope so. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's a great answer. That's a good answer. Okay, uh, let's see here. We'll uh, finish up with some listener feedback. Now, as always, we like you when you're done with the episode. We like you. Yes, that's yep. it. We like you. We done. like you a lot. We like you specials. Sorry. We like you to go to your computer. <laughs> uh, on roller skates, uh, generally, we prefer you go uh, specifically on roller skates and email us at your computer, greetingsfromstorybrook at gmail.com. The Twitter's at GF Storybrook. The Facebook is facebook.com slash greetingsfromstorybrook. And the voicemail number, which we almost always play, is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Okay, now, first off, we have one here uh, from Bobby which uh, has been a little late the past couple of weeks, but he ran in roller skates to his computer this week. So it took him a long so time got if he was there. running. Take it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. Uh, this episode had a few good moments, uh, specifically when Hook mentioned how every everyone in Storybrooke is related. I like it when the show takes a slight jab at itself. But as a whole, I wasn't really impressed it kind of just left us with the same questions as we had going in, so it kind of just felt like we really went nowhere. That being said, it did leave me with a new crazy theory. Um, they made a big point of showing that Belle's mom you know, loved, loved books and was an author, and it seemed like for some reason she was really concerned about saving all of those books. And uh, I think it was not for nothing. I think that there's a reason for that. 
I think that either she's going to turn out to be the author of the storybook, storybook itself, or that she's like a keeper of the stories, that she's a protector of all the stories. Uh, I don't know. Again, that's just my crazy theory for the week. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think. I, I love do. A good crazy theory. I like that second one. Uh-huh. Like I, I have heard a couple other people speculating that she might be the the writer of the book too. Mm-hmm. I, the only thing that kind of throws me off about that is the fact that this whole the search for the writer is supposed to be the big quest for Regina and Henry this season, and she's dead. So they'll never find her. We don't actually know that she's dead. We know that the king told Belle that she's dead. This just dawned on me as you started speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how I'm working today. Do you think that the ogres kidnapped her and she's been up there for the past couple decades I teaching them how the, to read? I Well, maybe not that. But I would not be surprised if she is alive and somewhere mm-hmm. and the king just was like, nope, we're going to say she's dead. It was easier to say she's mm-hmm. dead than to say that she's captured by the ogres because yeah. Belle's going to go after her. Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's an idea. I, I it's like a it. bad idea, but it's an idea. It is a good idea. No, it's a bad I like idea. It. It's okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, we have another voicemail here from Other Anne Marie. Uh, now, it is – okay. Other Anne Marie. She's not in the thing anymore. She's not in the – well, hopefully she, she listens to the episode. Yes. Uh, we love you. Uh, the voicemail was a little long at three minutes. We generally like to keep them around a minute, minute and a half. What I'm going to do, especially since we're running long, I'm going to play about a minute of it now, and then I'll include the rest at the end of the audio podcast episode. But next time, maybe just try and keep it a little shorter if you could. We'd appreciate it. I really, really, really like this episode a lot better than last week. I also had my haterade on, like Anne-Marie, and so I don't think it was very difficult to actually get a better show this time. Well, a couple of things that I wanted to discuss about the show was how does Belle's dad know that magic comes with a price? I mean, is it because everybody knows the Dark One? Or is it because he had previous dealings with the Dark One? I really had the impression that he had met Rumple before on some other occasion. And so if that's the case, I'd love to know about it. And talking about Rumpel, I really enjoyed the Rumpel and Snow Queen face-off. It was the two big magics fighting it out. I'm kind of wondering about who would be coming out stronger. For the last couple of seasons, we've noted that Rumpel basically was the strongest person with magic. However, the Snow Queen, if she was born with it, is she able to beat Rumpel? And will Rumpel have to work with uh, Regina and Emma to beat the Snow Queen? Be very interesting to see. Also, okay, and we'll uh, also we're gonna cut you off right there, Heather and Marie. Yeah, sorry, no offense, man. We ju- we're just running so behind. So, so behind. Okay, uh, since we're running so behind, let's go ahead and do some uh, quick, quick bits. bits. Okay, you want to start it off, Anne-Marie? Um, Alina suggests that Belle's mom might be the writer of the book since it's mentioned that she is a writer. Good theory. Uh, Rain claimed he was right about Anna's mom being Gerda. Good job. Hope wondered if Belle's character was a sign of Rumpel's influence on her. We hope so. And finally, Char- Charity wanted to know how many kingdoms there are in Misthaven because at this point, the royals outnumber must outnumber the non-royal. Outnumber the non-royals. Uh, the royals must outnumber the non-royals. Uh, I, I was thinking, I don't know, 50 like the U.S. states, but Rain actually uh, got with us on Twitter because we do put a, anything mentioned here in the quick bits, we put on a blog post up on the website a couple hours before we record the episode and uh, rain responded with uh the the listing of uh the kingdoms uh that he could remember uh let's see it's a leopold kingdom george's kingdom maurice's midas's xavier's xavier i'm not sure google that while i finish somebody tell me auroras rapunzel's 
Ava's, Thomas's, Philip's, Eric's, and Killian's. Maybe there are some more that I missed. So that's 12 kingdoms. 12 kingdoms. And uh, did, did you find Xavier? No, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me. Oh, okay. Here. Uh, let's see. Xavier. <laughs> Come on. I know one you got this in your back pocket. No? Xavier once upon a time. Xavier is a character on ABC's Once Upon a Time. Uh, his only appearance was in the 16th episode of the second season. Oh, good grief. What he was, was that episode? He was, uh, he's the king from the fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin. Oh. I, yeah, I think he was just like, he, he was a very minor character. Okay. Okay, uh, let's see here. We ha- do have a message here from Ivy I'll go ahead and read. Ivy says, hi, you guys. I just found this when I was searching some random stuff instead of doing homework. I'm meaning girl. the podcast. I really like everything you said, especially since I hated this episode <laughs> just as much as you did. <laughs> yes. This was last week. I, I mean, it was just all over the place. Uh, but I will continue to have hope for the writers and hope that Once Upon a Time gets back on track to what I have always loved about it. Us True too. that. Okay. Uh, this is from Jasmine who pushed us to do commentaries and wanted us to read this part of her letter, if nothing else. While I've become disappointed this season because of mirrors that last – wait. Because it mirrors the last half season too much. Now we have another relative who becomes a villain. I will say that your po- that your podcast with Anne Marie and your great funny guests Hope, Bobby, Amy, um, certainly makes me far more interested in watching each week rather than waiting until the season is over and watching it all at once on Netflix. <laughs> um, there's no pun there, so not intended. Yes, there is a pun. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, thank you very, very thank much. You, and, Jasmine. Yeah, Jasmine got a hold of us back in February, bugging us to do pot commentaries, and then we finally did them. And I was cleaning out the email box a couple months ago, and I was like, "Oh, I, I should tell her we did them," and I did. And then she wrote us back, and I just wanted to put that in there because she uh, had some kind words for our guests, which we love, absolutely love. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Ash writes in, uh, "Dear Anne Marie and Bill, how you doing? Good, I hope." Uh, so this week, Don Rumple, Snow Queen, uh, Ingrid, and Bell are ma- making deals folks can't refuse. Definitely getting Godfather and Stepford wife, uh, wife vibes this week. I really like seeing Bell and Anna go on an adventure together, and Bell facing her dark side mirror doppelganger. Very nice nod to the original tale. Plus, the three sisters kind of remind me how there's different folks in charge of the other seasons, etc. As well in the tale. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing you know a different person for every like fall, winter, spring. All yes. That kind of stuff. Yes. Uh, Anna is definitely warm and has the attributes of spring summer. Absolutely. I, want, I wonder if that might play a part in things or it might just be a metaphor they use. I, I like that idea though. And I, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, finish this up quick. I mm-hmm. thank you uh, very much for writing in Ash. Okay. Dear Anne Marie and Bill, I can't. I don't. I just, I can't. This episode must have been written on bring your kids to work day. <laughs> That's the only way I could excuse some of this clunky childlike dialogue, especially this at is the Scott end. This from Georgia, by the way. Um, I was getting there. Okay. At the end of the prophecy, I mean, the Savior's name is Emma and the Savior shall become Ingrid's sister. Wow. It, <laughs> that is some damn specific prophecy. <laughs> The prophet prophet must have pounded that one out 10 minutes before the deadline after a three-day bender. (laughs) Um, Come to think of it, he was probably the same guy the producers hired to animate that static photo of the ice cream truck gliding in the forest during the title screen. On the plus side, I did enjoy Captain Guyliner, quote from Regina, and everyone is a related quip. All in all, I give this episode five stars. Then I take them away. Then I throw them on the ground and make an episode go to his room so he 
even can think about when it's done. <laughs> Sincerely yours, Scott from Georgia. P.S. Why are all the villains motivated by relationships gone wrong? I'd like to see some someone who is just evil, selfish, and greedy for the sake of being evil, selfish, and greedy. Thank you, Scott from Georgia. Well, yeah, thanks, Scott. And I, I would That's actually, awesome. I would actually say maybe Rumple falls into that category because he. Hey. He was always a little like he is, like from from the time Peter Pan abandoned him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> from the time Peter, yeah, from the time Peter Pan abandoned him, as this show often does, mix, mashing up the fairy tales and whatnot. I, when they do that next week, we would love for you to roller skate to your computer. Greetings Please from Storybrook. I want a video of someone roller skating. Greetings from Storybrook at gmail.com. The Twitter's at GF Storybrook. The Facebook is facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And I, I would just like to say I noticed Hope in the chat said we would watch you guys forever or whatever. Uh, yeah, I know. Would you like to try and keep it around an hour, though? So we're, Learning we're over. Okay, um, Anne-Marie, where can people find you on? Oh, did, was there something I had else? one more thing. Okay. Hope just asked for the questions that she, we wanted for our voicemail for the 100th episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say them again, but I'll make sure that we put them in the show notes as, as well. Question number one, how and when did you find the show? Question two, I already put it in the chat. Um, what's your favorite part of the show? Question three, what could we improve? Please, we would like some constructive criticism. And it can just be Anne-Marie stop being a crazy person in the background while Bill's trying to be serious. I won't do it, but you can tell me that. No, we don't want that. We don't. We need you to do that. You, you need me to go in the background. Okay. Anyway, you can find me on the internet and Twitter at AMD Simone. I'm also on Instagram under that name if you're interested. Um, I also have a blog, uh, crunchycrafty.com. You can find me on Twitter there at CCHC blog. Yeah, and uh, those questions are in the show notes now. I just added them in while you were talking. You can find me on Twitter at, at Bill Meeks. Uh, the Google Plus page where you can uh, watch live tapings of this show is google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And you can follow the the words I write at dogboyadventures.com. I actually have a new uh, book called Dog Boy, I Have the Scarab, that's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. Just go to dogboyadventures.com and click on the front page link to Eye of the Scarab. Eye of the Scarab. And we also, uh, <laughs> we both uh, co-host a podcast about Gotham on Wednesday nights at 8.30 p.m. EST called Legends of Gotham at Legends of Gotham. Com. A lot of good stuff going on over there, too. Good times. Good times. Okay. Well, I guess that about wraps it up. Uh, sorry for uh, running so long, guys. I know you guys don't care, but I, I feel bad. I know. Oh, this could be what somebody like works out to, which mm. I'm so sorry if this is your choice. Oh, yeah, definitely. Anyway, I, so until next, until next time, time, greetings from Storybrooke. I really, really, really like this episode a lot better than last week. I also had my haterade on, like Anne-Marie, and so I don't think it was very difficult to actually get a better show this time. A couple of things that I wanted to discuss about the show was, how does Belle's dad know that magic comes with a price? I mean, is it because everybody knows the Dark One? Or is it because he had previous dealings with the Dark One? I really had the impression that he had met Rumpel before on some other occasion, and so, if that's the case, I'd love to know about it. And talking about Rumple, I really enjoyed the Rumple and Snow Queen face-off. It was the two big magics fighting it out. I'm kind of wondering about who would be coming out stronger. For the last couple of seasons, we've noted that Rumple basically was the strongest 
person with magic. However, the Snow Queen, if she was born with it, is she able to beat Rumple? And will Rumple have to work with uh, Regina and Emma to beat the Snow Queen? Be very interesting to see. Also, nice marriage between Rumple and Belle. It was nice to see more of Belle because we haven't really seen a whole lot of it. But um, she was out of character somewhat, I found. It was not the sweet Belle that we know. I really did enjoy the fact that she was using her books and her book knowledge. One of the other things that I tried to look up was who's the other sister? Helga? The only thing I could find so far is that she's mentioned in another fairy tale and that she was a princess and disappeared at her wedding feast. So I'm kind of wondering how that is going to play out. I was expecting her to be related to Emma for some reason, but I guess that's because everybody is related, as Hook was mentioning. Mentioning Hook, Captain Guyliner. I laughed at that one. I was hoping that that was for the fans, to be really honest, because that was just amazing. And one of the other characters I really enjoyed was Oaken. His voice was amazing, very much like the movie I found. And his trademark, hello, just made me crack up. It was amazing. I, I'm really glad that uh, once actually incorporated him into the show. And then the last thing I would like to mention was Belle's scarf. It has daggers on it. It was very obvious, and I, I really enjoyed that. It was just a little hint to her and the dagger and everything. So, yes, definitely liked this episode. So I'm not going to give high numbers like Bill always does lately. So out of the 10 guy liners that Captain Hook is carrying, I'm giving it 8 and a bristle because I really enjoyed this week's episode. Can't wait to hear your thoughts about the show. Bye! Okay, if anyone's still out there, I think we we might have two viewers. Two, we have six, six viewers. viewers. I'll try and wrap this real quick, okay? We, oh, oh, you're wrapping. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's a good rhythm. Anna and Belle climb up rocky mountains. A trickle of trouble turns into a fountain. Emma, the savior, has a cold-blooded, hearted stalker. Her behaviors consist of hiding paintings in a locker. Rumpel's full of live as he faces Dairy Queen. He's aware of her actions, but it's nothing he's foreseen. Everyone's related, don't matter if they like this. Emma's got some sisters in this this week's family business. And yeah, that last oh, rhyme that, really, really it bad. It was so bad. I like how he gained one viewer when I started rapping. Hilarious. <laughs> Somebody out there was searching rap and just They're like, us. I know Bill Meeks is rapping somewhere. Bill Meeks is rapping right now. We have to get there. But thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.